uh, oh, idea. When you, I don't know if you know how it looks, but when you send Wes a file, does it have the like little sound things? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I I just send it how I download it. Okay. (laughs) Probably a couple questions for him, but I thought maybe if like when we pause to go play the game, if we turn it on mute and then when we come back, we unmute it, maybe he can easily like chunk that out. I mean, you might be able to. Okay. We'll try. Yeah, we can do that. Cool. That works. Um, who wants to start? Me. It's sad. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Okay, last time I was like, it is sinister sunrise. <laughs> Sarah, everyone likes that. When I go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I used to pretend to be Frank Sinatra in the showers at our sorority house to see if anyone would be like, Ooh. To see if anyone would be like, ooh, there's Frank Sinatra in my yeah. shower? <laughs> I don't know. I thought How I was excited. Tell me more. <laughs> it wasn't a well thought out plan. Were, were you hoping they'd be like, there's a boy in the sorority house. Ah! <laughs> I don't know why I thought long term it'd be a fun prank, but it never worked. People would probably like, what is Sarah doing in there? <laughs> also like prank. That's an interesting yeah. choice. <laughs> Can we take that back? Can I take that whole nope, word back? Nope, it's in now. <laughs> That's how we're starting this. <laughs> uh, hi. <laughs> we're back to recording on Sunday morning. So yeah. good morning, ladies. Uh, excuse me. Good morning, Aaron and Frank. Uh, very nice uh-huh. to have you here. Uh, but really, I'm Morgan. I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Aaron. <laughs> Frank is Sarah. It's code. In case you didn't figure it out. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, it's Frank. It's Frank. Don't break character. <laughs> I mean, don't break character. I don't actually notice he's from New York, so I can't do that. I'm Sarah. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> She's not singing in a shower today, folks. Hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Uh, wait, did I say this is Sinister Sun? Yeah, I did. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm still waking up. Um, mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, so normally, if you've listened to our episodes before, you know we play a game to figure out who goes first. It was my week to do it. And um, she picked spoons. I, you can, it's fine. I was, okay. I fucked up. I mean, messed up. It's fine. Um, I was, I had a whole thing. I had my supplies and I left them. So I, on the fly, we're playing spoons. Woohoo. You know, the card hey, game. Spoons. At least now though, for the next time you already have a game plan. So yeah. Woo. No big deal. God you bless. Just, um, like kind of bleeped yourself on our last episode. I listened. Wes bleeped out one of your words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, the other word for a cat. He bleeped it. There we go. Kitten. It's a kitten. Yeah. What if he'd done a meow over it? Oh, missed opportunity, Wes. Take take that down. Notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love it. I don't yeah. normally use that word, but I it was it had to be said for that one. So in the situation, it was very appropriate. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That was episode four forty nine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I will try to refrain from saying that in the future, listeners. I'm sorry if that offended you. I don't know. The meow may be fun, so work it in where you can. <laughs> Just throw one in there. Just be like. A, B, C, D, meow. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. All right. So uh, we're going to take a little quick break, play some spoons. We'll be right back. All right. Go ahead and say what happened, or I, being the gentleman that I am currently, as uh, I, uh-huh. I, oh my god, I let 
these ladies wins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I in no sure. way got caught up in my own cards that I forgot to look at the spoons. It's fine. I'm going last. This is Sarah going last. Mm-hmm. And Aaron and I were in a sudden death match. Mode. Yeah. And uh, luck was on my side. Granted, if we would have went with our first choices, it might have been even more interesting. I think you would have won. I literally like three fives in a row. And I was like, I fucked up. <laughs> a lot yep. of cursing happened. Yes. Yep. It's fine. And I didn't say the bad cat word. So meow, meow. everything's fine. So it was fun though. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That was our substitute, like, substitute game. Backup plan. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So with that, I will be going first. And to be honest with paranormal stuff, like I think it like overwhelms me a little bit because there is so much and it's Mm -hmm. like, ugh, where do I even start? Mm. So I thought that when Aaron and I went on a double date last night that we were going to a brewery, like I had it locked in my brain that that's what it was called. (laughs) So I looked up haunted breweries, but we did not go to a brewery, but I found a haunted one. Okay. And it's called Moon River Brewery. So here we go. Uh, Located in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, that haunted-ass city. Uh, (laughs) uh, That was not always home uh, to great food and beer. The building was originally first known, the first known hotel in Savannah. So back in the day, it was the one and only. Uh, It was called like, I think it was just called like City Hotel. And that was it. Um, And the first branch of the Postal Service and a branch of the Bank of the United States. Oh. Oh, I... The hotel was called City Hotel, and it was built in 1821. Okay. Yeah. So they were balling in 1821. They were like, come stay at a hotel. That's a place to be. (laughs) Bougie. Probably had maybe running toilets. I don't know. I'm like a crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Many war heroes and vets stayed in the hotel. Uh, It was bought and renovated in 1851 by... Peter Wiltberger, so sorry, sir, by (laughs) Peter W. (laughs) There we go. I think it's Wiltberger. My handwriting sucks. I'm so sorry. Uh, I said, uh, fun fact, to draw in guest attention, he kept a male and female lion on display (gasps) in the lobby of the hotel. In 1850? 1851. That would draw in my attention now. Yeah. I'd be like, whoa, do I get to pet it? No? All right. That's fine. That's fine. So. Could a pet a lion? I mean, I held a baby gator. I held a real gator. I would wrestle one. (laughs) You know, in Australia, they have these like giant saltwater crocs and they lower you down in a glass, um, like. Tube thing. Yeah. I want to do that so bad. That I would do, but I need there to be some separation. But can you imagine, like a shark cage. You see the bars, blah, la la. Going into the clear ass salt water and just sitting there, like it looks like you're right next to them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love it. Oh, That'd be cool. Fun fact about Morgan, she loves Crocs and Gators. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. The pure joy in my face when I got to hold that baby one. Oh, this is the best day of my life. I'm oh, sorry, Wes. It was a really good day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> He's flipping tables. Like, ah. All right. <clears throat> So yes, there was lions. I don't know if that, it it wouldn't fly now, but again, 1851. Mm. There were Um, no rules back then. There were no rules, basically. And it just said on display. I don't know how. I don't know if they were on a leash. I don't know if they were in a cage. They'd have to be cage. I don't know if they were in like a little, I don't know how the building was. Maybe it was like a little, 
like an overlook, like a, like an actual like zoo cage. I don't know. I don't know. I have a feeling it was very tiny and probably not great for the lions. So, uh, probably. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Lions. So, um, and then finally closing the hotel doors in 1864, um, and then around the 1900s, it was being used as a lumber and coal warehouse. Um, by the 1960s, it was renovated again. Um, but its roof was taken from uh, Hurricane David um, in 1979. Hmm. Uh, the building was vacant until final res- renovations in 1995, making it the pub and brewery that it is today. Okay. So it was vacant for f- about 15 years. That's a, that's a long ass time. So, um, <sighs> so, but enough of the history. We're all here for the spooky side of it. Hmm. Um, so, of course, I'm here to tell you about the spooky stuff. <laughs> Sadly, many people think the brewery is haunted by those who may have had yellow fever as it was rampant in Savannah in 1876. So why the brewery, you ask? Because the building was used as a makeshift hospital during the epidemic. Why do we do this to mm-hmm. everything? So, um... An infamous spirit of the Moon River is James Stark, who was a, quote, gambler who was killed in an altercation with the town's physician, Dr. Minus, Minus, I don't know how to say his name, sorry, doctor, um, while on the staircase of the hotel. Run-ins with Stark are random until you go up the stairs. Every time uh, the upstairs is tried to be renovated, um, Stark scares the contractors. So whether that be, Hmm. like, uh, like noises or whatever the mm-hmm. upstairs like especially like when you like look at how nice the brewery is the upstairs like levels of the building oh yeah it's like four four or five stories too so Whoa. it's very large um i mean it looks it looks like it's been abandoned since 1979 like it's it's bad it's pretty old and creepy looking um i'll probably touch on this a little bit more too um but there was an incident where a they were like trying to renovate and the foreman's wife came to bring him lunch. She walked up the stairs, gave it to him and she like paused on the stairs to tell him something and she was pushed down the stairs. Oh no. Yeah. So like, she's like, everyone is like, there's like the, like the most well-known story of like a death, like not a death, but yeah. Of a ghost happening. Um, so that happened. Um, Mm -hmm. and then also of course, no haunting is complete without a lady in white. (laughs) So there is one said to bebop around the, hotel and brewery areas so um and then uh, of course there is a ghost adventures episode on this you already know (laughs) so um when he when zach and his squad go into like you know obviously he does like the interviews and stuff before the lockdown Mm -hmm. so um it is lockdown lockdown time we will be locked in for 12 hours whatever he says anyway um the guys, it was cracking me up. The like owner or the guy who's like showing him around the most was just like this like guy wearing like a newsy hat, but like 55, 60. And he's got like this big old beer belt. And he's like, I'm hot shit and I know it. What? Oh, it was like the weirdest thing. Like he was like trying to like con Zach a little bit. It was super oh. weird. And then like finally as they're like showing, like they say, and like the crazy thing is when he's doing the interview, Nick thinks he sees something. 
Oh. So, like, this is all, like, not, I don't think a lot of the episodes don't have, like, actual them, like, running around trying to find a spirit while they're still, like, doing the interview or anything like that. So, that was pretty weird. But they go into the basement, which is said to have, like, really, really demonic activity. And the, the guy, like, goes over to Aaron. He's like, all right, so do Zach's walking around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how real this guy is. He goes to the two spots that are really haunted in this place. And Aaron's like, okay, dude, like, what? <laughs> so at one point, they see the, like, shadow. So Zach's running around the basement, and then they go through this area, and in the back, it's, you know, metal shelves with, you know, ketchups and stuff for the restaurant. Yeah. And he kind of, like, leaves the room and then comes back, and he's like, this is just, Zach's like, this is just so weird. Like, I don't know what's going on. And the guy goes, oh, you found it, Zach. You found the the, the old abandoned tunnel. And Zach's like, Oh, and is looking around because he doesn't know where it is. The guy's like, he found it. He's so good. He's the real deal. And I'm like, bro, what? what? So they <laughs> you go, just like, stole them. They go like behind a shelf, and he and Zach, and he's like, it's like he's like, it's over there. And then it's clearly a like bricked up area. And Zach goes, oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Looney Tunes cartoon, like with a big arrow. This but, this old thing mm-hmm. right here. This is the one. I oh. found this long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Known about it before I even came. Jesus. So, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, he does find an area in the basement. He's like, whoa, this, I feel like really bad energy right here, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's exactly where another woman was attacked. So, oh. flip side, maybe he didn't know where the tunnel was, but he does, he did feel the energy. So, okay. Hmm. The woman who was attacked um, was said to, I think she was... I think she was just like a patron of the restaurant. I'm not 100% sure. Or no, I remember. They do events in the basement. Okay. There's a bar down there. There's a couple pool tables. It's pretty cool looking. That sounds really cool. She yeah. said, I was by the bar and I turned around to like walk into, there's like little half walls. So it's big. It's open. Okay. Because I went to go like walk between the half walls to go to the pool table. And she goes, and I felt something stop me and put, it's like put pressure around my neck and push me back. She goes, I was like being choked. Oh, no. So Ooh. Zach was like, okay, mark this spot. Very negative. And then freakily enough, freakily? Freaky enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Scary enough, if that wasn't enough. Here we go. Uh, they talked to an employee, uh, Billy, of their experience in the basement. And Billy says they were behind the bar and, like, stocking stuff. And they looked over <laughs> And, like, between the half wall and where the bar meets, there was a black shadow figure peeping over. Like, it was not up against the bar, but it was, like, looking over. And just, the, she goes, there was no eyes, but we, but he's, the thing that I made, like, eye contact for over, like, two minutes. Just mm-hmm. stared each other down. No, And I was like, thanks. girl, my ass would be like, Skirt. no. That's when you say, check, please. Yeah, bye. <laughs> and, like, of course, down there by herself, like, no 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 i mean i've seen shadow figures but like i never made eye contact with an eyeless one so no no intro long icon <laughs> oh yeah like a stare eye contact yeah. like a staring contest Basically. one you're never gonna win like, yeah yeah and, and so it's like uh, so everyone agrees that that presence the dark presence in that area is demonic so it's okay. like all right cool wonderful great just so, what i wanted right, in my bars right <laughs> um and then they didn't see any, but another huge um, 
thing that like the staff talked about was children's spirits just due to the yellow fever and mm-hmm. stuff. They said like, it, there's just yeah. very rampant among young kids. So young kids were in the hospital. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Some of the staff was like, I've seen them. And, but that didn't happen on the episode. I'm like, great. I don't ghosts. Cool. Children ghosts. I don't, no, thank you. They just make me sad, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, I'm sorry, like, the number one rule is, like, potentially demons try to come back as something, like, innocent. So, like, the chances of it being not a child? hmm I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, good. First that bubble. Sorry! Um. So, again, the gentlemen begin their normal lockdown. And I don't want to give away the whole episode, but, like, some really crazy stuff happens. I feel like a lot of times in Ghost Adventures, I try not to get too sucked in. But mm. damn, so this one was pretty damn good. Okay. You didn't really see anything besides, like, small orbs caught on camera. Kind of typical. Yeah. You see one go into Nick's, like, head at one point. What? Yeah, like, it's like, zoop, oh. and just, like, fades into him. So, like, Ugh. no thank you. Yeah. Um, The craziest thing that happened that I, like, personally, like, took away from the episode... So going back to the whole renovations portion, Zach finds a giant ladder in like one of the upstairs floors okay. and takes it and like props it up against a beam. And they are using these weird goggle things where it's like a night vision goggle. <laughs> I know I have my hands up to my eyes. It's very important. They're like, it looks scientific. Well, yes. Honestly, um, you know, Star Trek, the little guy with like the band across his eyes. Yes. yes. That's what it looked like, but you can see their eyes behind it. So it's like, if you look straight through the like little, little sliver, you see night vision. Of Does Zach room. have these Ooh. custom made? I hope so. This is <laughs> like, make it cooler. No more Star Trek. Yeah. I can nor confirm nor deny that we don't know <laughs> he i mean it had a name i don't remember the name of the t- equipment but it had a name that okay. glasses 5000 yeah <laughs> but it basically all it does is combine like a night vision camera with that little tool that they have like it's like an auto book dictionary like a pocket dictionary oh. that will auto generate words so they say like the spirits can like manipulate the words that come through and it like displays on a screen oh that's super cool actually. i think it's really spooky that the voice that comes through is a robot because i'm like that's definitely <laughs> yep. like not what the ghost sounds like but like it's just creepy because it's like hello oh welcome like yeah i hate it i Ooh. hate it but this glass tool glasses tool kind of combines the two things so he's uh, wearing up. They, they got a couple words before. Still spooky. Again, mm-hmm. you should watch it because I can't remember everything. This is, the, again, my one takeaway. They are looking around the room and it said, step, remove. And they're like, oh, the ladder. And it goes, what are you going to do if I don't remove it? And it goes, yell. <gasps> I was like, Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Then. Whoa. They. Zach's like, I'm not taking it down. Go ahead. Like, of course. Fuck, fuck me up. Whatever. What are you going to do about, <laughs> it? about it? And later, they're like, 10 minutes later, they are doing more investigation on the lower floor. And you clearly hear like, ah, in the background. And I'm like, and they're like, that was the nope. yell. And I'm like, nope. I mean, as threatening as you're like, like, still, I'd be like, ah. you followed through. So I'm yeah. going to go. Yep. I'm going to go. <laughs> So not yes. messing around. Got my proof. I'm out of here. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, the episode may or may not end with a possible minor possession of someone. So you should definitely go watch it. Ooh. A minor in possession of what? A minor possession. 
Oh, possession Sorry. of person. Yes. yes. Got it. <laughs> a minor possession. Got it. Yeah. They caught on camera. It's oh. and I'll give you a clue. It's not Zach. So it's a little spooky. Okay. Okay. So, I recommend watching the episode because you learn a lot, honestly, about the history. Mm-hmm. Um, all my show notes will be linked. And then also I have the link of the Travel Channel episode so you can go watch it. Very nice. And with that, cool. that's the Moon River Brewery. Very cool. But what a good excuse, though, for like all the drunk texts you want to send. Like, that wasn't me. That was a ghost. That was me. Yes. <laughs> I was under the influence of ghastly proportions. Of spirits. Ah! Oh, sorry. I... Wow, I really <laughs> felt like you when I did that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm always under the influence of spirits one way or another. So, <laughs> just kidding. I really am just drinking coffee, guys. So, for now, for now, we're about to head to brunch. So, with that, Miss Erin, you bringing us down like always? Um, kind of, but I do have a question. First, so do either of you have a fear of like small enclosed spaces, like being in small spaces, kind of claustrophobic? I mean, no, because like I'm so big that like the space can't really be that small. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) like I like literally, I can't. Oh, I thought about this. Like I can't. I'm not very flexible. Like I can't fold up enough for it to like whatever. But Uh I am very afraid of like being buried alive. Well, perfect, because those are the stories I have today. I was going to say, my only fear in a small space is that I'm not flexible enough and I would get cramped up. That just sounds uncomfortable, but put me in a box forever. I don't really care. I'll make Frank Sinatra (laughs) sounds and just keep myself occupied. Oh, wait, that's not Frank Sinatra, is it? Anything could be Frank Sinatra. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so I have three um, stories today about people being buried alive. In 1937, France... 19-year-old Angelo Hayes was riding on his motorcycle when, um, for reasons unknown, he crashed into a brick wall headfirst. When, mm-hmm, when help arrived, they discovered that Hayes had no pulse. According to Aaron Kelly's AllThatIsInteresting.com article, his face was so disfigured that his parents were kept from seeing him, I guess Ooh. for their own sake. Oh, Yeah, they yeah. do that sometimes. They're like, you don't want to. to... Like, I, I don't remember, I think I was listening to something and they're like, um, the autopsy people or whoever is like, no, you don't want to. Like the parents get so mad. But then in this particular scene, they were like, actually, I really appreciate you doing that. Like, cause like they said, like, you don't want your last memory of them to, to be, be that. Like, That's what's going to stick. Cause in that your would head. haunt your nightmares. Wouldn't it? Like, mm-hmm. Depending on what probably. Happened, yeah. yeah. Hayes was pronounced dead at the scene and buried three days later. An insurance company in the town of Bordeaux noticed that Hayes's father had taken out a life insurance policy of 200,000, uh, Franks, which I think if I did my math right was around like fourteen thousand like U.S. dollars around that time, but I could be way off. Yeah, what was the year again? <laughs> um, it was nineteen thirty-seven. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, an insurance inspector was sent to investigate the claim and had Angelo's body exhumed. To his surprise, his <gasps> body was still warm, even though the funeral had been held two days ago. What? Yeah. His heartbeat was faint, and he was immediately rushed to a hospital. I have heard that maybe this isn't completely true but it's a story that's been around okay for a while so according to forbes.com angelo had sustained um a head injury in the accident which caused his body to go into a coma-like state just making him appear dead whoa he did recover and he went on to invent a security coffin do any of you know what that is 
that the bell coffin? Yes. So okay. basically it's a, and I think there's different types. So he made a specific one that has like, basically all of them have like some device in there. So um, it's designed to prevent premature burials and give people who have been mistakenly buried alive the ability to like signal for help. So yes, some have bells. Apparently his had like a chemical toilet in there, a small oven, a refrigerator, and a radio transmitter. I don't How know. How big is this also- <laughs> So a small underground home is what right? I'm buried in? Oh my god. This also sounds very flammable too. Like that could all go wrong. <laughs> and, and then you're in a worse situation. Maybe you were alive, but you're not now because uh-huh. your oven got too hot. Yeah. What? <laughs> and also you have an oven. What you cooking? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's what I found this on different things, so take that as you will. I was just like, that's interesting. That's why it's like mm-hmm. an easy bake oven. Like these tiny Maybe, little yeah. came with the packs and a little bit of water. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He toured around France, demonstrating his creation for a TV audience by burying himself in it, and ended up becoming, like, a minor celebrity in the area. Oh, thank God. I was so scared to, like, and then he died in his own creation in front of... Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God. No, not... No. The other two don't end as happily, though, I should say. Could you have not ended with Spoiler alert. (laughs) No. Because these are just very interesting, these Uh other two. Tell me more. (laughs) Okay. Fast forward a few decades to 1987 Chicago. 39-year-old broadcasting and newspaper publishing heir Stephen Small received a call from a man claiming to be a police officer. The man told him that a building he was renovating had been broken into, so he went to check it out. At um, 3.30 a.m., Stephen's wife Nancy received a call and was told that her husband was being held for a $1 million ransom. According to the New York Times, the caller informed Nancy that if the ransom was not met, she would find her husband in a box. Nancy and other family members received five calls throughout the day and um, were more than ready and willing to pay the ransom. But apparently the kidnappers played a recorded message over the phone that the family couldn't quite make out. The sound quality was so poor and the kidnappers like ended the call so quickly that the small family had no idea where the exchange was going to happen. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Two (laughs) days later, Nancy's 1987 Mercedes Benz, which Stephen had been driving, was located. um, And three hours later, about eight miles like west of the Indiana border, Stephen's body was discovered. Kankakee County Coroner James Orison told the New York Times that Stephen's body was discovered in a homemade wooden box that was placed in a shallow grave three feet deep in sand. They had no idea how long he had been in the box, but he had um, likely been dead for several hours Mm. at least. And um, interestingly, the box was fixed with, like, a pipe that appeared to be used um, as, like, an air supply for him. However, it was poorly made. The kidnappers had also made provisions for water and light. So it obviously seems like they didn't want to kill him. Um, But even with these provisions, Orison reported that Stephen likely died from suffocation or a heart attack. The culprits, 30-year-old Daniel Edwards and his girlfriend, 26-year-old Nancy Risch, were arrested and convicted of first-degree murder and kidnapping. Damn. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, who was arrested? Um, two. So it was 30-year-old Daniel Edwards and his girlfriend, 26-year-old oh, Nancy Rich. Okay, okay. Right? Yes. Compared to the Just other. wanted, yeah, wanted his money. Okay. Kidnapping gone wrong. <laughs> yes. <gasps> but still, very ugh, horrible. The last story I have is a case of uh, Shakira Khalili. The daughter of a prominent Indian family, uh, Shakira married her first cousin, Akbar Mirza Khalili, at the age of 18 um, in 1965. 
The couple went on to have four daughters, and Akbar, an Indian diplomat who had served in the Indian Foreign Service, was later promoted to Indian ambassador, where he took like a two-year post in Iran. While um, Akbar was in Iran, Shakara moved to Bangalore and started to work in construction, following in her great-grandfather's footsteps, who is well known for his buildings in the city. Mm -hmm. Her mother's seven-acre property was um, also transferred to her name. However, her mother claimed like this wasn't intentional. She alleged that uh, Shakara had asked her to write up a deed to only like look after the property, but the deed that was executed was actually for a 99-year lease on the home. <gasps> what a bitch! I know, she sounds ruthless. Yeah! <laughs> Damn, okay. Mm-hmm. Around this time, Shakira met Murali Manohar Mishra, who was um, the complete opposite of Akbar. He was the son of a poor school teacher, um, had dropped out of school himself, and ran away from home. He renamed himself uh, Swami Shradhananda, claiming to have magical powers. He worked as an errand boy for the royal family of Rampur, and when he was older, he began to look after their property disputes. Before Akbar left for Iran, he actually invited uh, Shredananda to his home in Bangalore so he could look after like their tax and property matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shakira became so infatuated with him, though, that when Akbar returned from his post in Iran, she quickly divorced him. Oh, damn, bitch. <laughs> she but is he, ruthless. Shit. Yes, but... I guess over there, you could just, like, reject it. So he rejected the divorce. But according to TelegraphIndia.com, Shakira went to a mosque and pronounced herself single. How easy would that be? Instead of all the paperwork. (laughs) Is she declaring bankruptcy as well? Like, I declare myself (laughs) single. I declare myself a queen, bitch. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah, mm. there are better things to declare. I agree. Yes, yes. And I guess that worked because six months later, her and Shradananda married without her family's blessing. <laughs> when he was later interviewed by police, he said uh, Shakira married him in order to have a son, which he claimed he could make happen with his powers. So she handed her four daughters off to Akbar and gave her entire property and wealth to her new husband. Uh, what? A- what? Wow. Yeah. For being so, he, so like headstrong and then just stand, take it all. Yeah. He definitely had some influence okay. over her. Mm-hmm. This is power stuff. True. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> powers magical powers. persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> In 1991, Shakira's second daughter, Saba, became concerned when she hadn't heard from her mother in a while and was unable to locate her. When she questioned Shadananda, he refused to give her a straight answer. He claimed she had traveled abroad to have a baby, but when Saba discovered her mom's passport, she suspected foul play and filed a missing persons report. Shradananda like, successfully dodged investigators' questioning, and the case went cold until three years later when a servant from the Khalili home drunkenly confessed to investigators that he had helped Shradananda kill his wife. The couple had been having marital issues, and in 1991, Shadananda became so fed up, he ordered his servants to dig a ditch in the courtyard and have a wooden casket made. Uh, okay. On the night of April 28th, 1991, he drugged Shakira with sleeping pills, and once she was unconscious, he placed her on a mattress, laid her in the wooden casket, and buried her alive. Bruh. That's mm-hmm. the best death he could think of? That's terrible. It is terrible. Her skeletal remains were discovered buried in the mansion's courtyard in May of 1994, with one of her hands found clutching the mattress below her. And that's my stomach. Oh my gosh, if that picked up, I'm so sorry. I didn't hear it. Uh, 
clutching the mattress below her. Yeah. So, so she was like, like I mean, there have been stories, oh. like, if you look up um, cases like, like these. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. Breathe. Yeah. Like, some people who think someone's been buried alive and they, like, dig the grave back up and they look in the coffin, like, some of the, like, people's fingers, like, just bloody or not there anymore because they've tried to scratch themselves and get out. Mm-hmm. So, so that, there were very creepy ones, but. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. I understand why people have a fear of this. It mm-hmm. sounds horrible. I didn't until this very moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shakira's case became known as one of the most horrific crimes committed in Indian history, becoming the first case where the exhumation process was videotaped and the first time where these tapes and DNA tests were taken into evidence. Shradananda was arrested and sentenced to death by hanging. Um, on July 22, 2008, though, um, his sentencing was changed to life in prison. While in prison, there was like a civil case over who the heir to the Khalili's property was, since he claimed Shakira had willed the house and land to him. From inside the ground, because over Mm -hmm. her dead body. Right. The civil court ruled that Shakira's mother was a rightful heir to the property, but that didn't stop him from filing an appeal to challenge the ruling, where in 2017, it was ultimately dismissed. Hell yeah. Damn, that's way too long. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. The property is now owned by um, some private developer, and there are rumors that claim that Shakira's ghost haunts the home. Ooh. And on a little spooky note, but yeah, those are my buried alive stories. I'm not going to lie, because the first one, he was found alive, I kind of thought you were going to say that for the second one. Thought it was going to go up from there. (laughs) You know how I work. That's not... I thought it was going to be like, and the pipe worked, and he was alive, and then you were like, and he died. No. No. It's also by all that sand, too. That just didn't, not well thought out on their part. Yeah. But anyways, (sighs) Sarah, (laughs) what do you have for us? How weird I also did buried. No, I did not. (laughs) Um, I'm doing hypnotic regression therapy. Hey. For the record, this is not past lives regression. That is equally cool. But last week when we did our Aliens episode, it Mm -hmm. came up in the Betty and Barney Hill case and a few other ones. So this is also the reason some skeptics point out is like these cases are flawed. So there are arguments for and against. And I just wanted to shed some light. Very cool. So hypnotic regression is a type of hypnotism. Not like the fun party tricks you've seen on a stage or if you went to high school in Pacific, Missouri. Uh, you would have seen that. it at Project Grad. Or Kirkwood, Missouri. Oh. Or Oakville, Missouri. Or, yeah, we had ooh, all the same ooh, things. Ooh, or our, like, all night and grad. Morgan was hypnotized. You at, were? Yes. It, uh, in school. What? At college. They had a hypnotist come. It was our freshman year. And I was like, this is some fucking hooey shit. I got up on stage and danced around to <sighs> scream and shout and mouth the words. There's a video. Are there, of it okay, I was about to say, is there a video? There's a video. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm not even kidding. And then I, it's like it's the weirdest thing because like you, you're conscious of what you're doing, but you all, it's like you just don't care. That's where I was. It was like I don't. I was like, I like you're very relaxed. Yeah, I hadn't like. It's like I had control, but also it's just like on, I was on autopilot. That's spot on, actually. <gasps> okay. Whoa. Okay. Tell so me more. Most hypnosis is not for entertainment. Um, it has a lot of practical uses. Just for the record, um, according to APA.org. It can be used for treating pain, depression, anxiety, stress, habit disorders, mm-hmm. gastrointestinal disorders, childbirth. I don't. Whoa. I did not look into that one. I don't want to see what that does. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it helps with like 
pain management. Pain, I would think so. Yeah, if people don't want like an epidural or something. Well, yeah, or if you said you said um, depression, like maybe like postpartum. Post. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Post surgery recovers and recoveries, not recovers, and much much more. Um, I do want to point out while it can be used as an additional treatment. Again, according to that APA.org, hypnotism should not be used as like a sole treatment on its own. It should be used with others or to facilitate other treatments. Cool. And hypnotism isn't just for everyone, like as a treatment. The decision to use hypnosis as an adjunct treatment, I can tell I did not practice this one, (laughs) should be made um, in consultation with a qualified healthcare provider who has been trained in the use and limitations of clinical hypnosis. Yes. Very cool. I could see that going south real fast. Yes. Yeah. So... I wouldn't just go to someone in a mall who says I can help you with your pain. Like maybe just make sure they're licensed or certified. How do you, do you talk about that? How do you get certified for that? I do like training wise. Okay. Um, I bet you have to study psychology like Sarah did mm -hmm. to go get your master's. Therapist, right? Maybe. Uh, There's just hip, um, hypnotists. Oh, okay. You can go to that. I think some psychologists do it as well, but you can just go to a hypnotist. One of the sources I use actually there's like hypnosis conferences, I guess. <gasps> That's and so fun. Literally, I saw the modern day um, Austin Powers lead uh, one of these stop, things. Stop, stop, stop. Oh my God. I he, love it. I watched a lot of his videos. Like he put someone in a trance like on stage and it was actually pretty good. Okay. But literally this guy, he's British. He wears one of those like sex symbol necklaces. Of course he does. And it's big. And then he has like a bright colored collared shirt on. With a double-breasted, um, stop. It's not. A, it's not a suit coat. It's a a trench coat, but it's all buttoned up and it's black. <gasps> yes. Literally, Feeling he it. is Michael, or he is Austin Powers. He's Michael. He's Michael <laughs> he's Myers. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's the picture I'm gonna use. I'm yes. sorry if you talk about this, but I have to like interject. Did you guys watch? Did you watch Ratchet? That's I did. No, that's I what did this. What's this? What's reminding me of? Because he was just like the doctor, but he would do that. To, he did that to the one girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe some doctors can. Like, maybe you can add it on to your schooling. Yeah, I mean, this was that was set when when was Ratchet set? I don't remember, but fifties, I think. I think 40s. it was not. Nothing was very uh, documented or recorded. So it was the Wild West until like the internet <laughs> no, happened. Exactly. Uh-huh. Back in the day, you could do whatever you want. You could yep. say you did. It's for science. Anything. Yep, and it was gold. Oh God. Um, okay. Question for science purposes: <laughs> Do you think anyone and everyone can be hypnotized? I think if you're open to it. Uh, yeah. God dang it. All right. <laughs> the answer is to a degree, yes. <laughs> Twas a trick question that you got correct. We're just used mm-hmm. to your shit. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I feel like if someone goes in and they're like, I'm not going to do it. I don't know. Like if you're really mm-hmm. yep. going in with that mindset, then it just won't happen as well. Well, even in the Betty and Barney Hill case, they document, like he said, like, I don't think it's going to work, but you know, I'll, I'll do it for you. Whatever. Like we'll, we'll give it the good old college try. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up two hours later, like what? happen <laughs> so some things can hold people back from being in a trance-like state um so that'd be any kind of fears or concerns they had with the actual process in movies you will see people like get completely entranced and lose all control over their will and whatever but that's not really how it works yeah. unless amnesia is suggested which is not common but it can be used but either way i don't think you get up and like move around i think you're sitting there just talking about stuff yeah mm-hmm. um but people usually remain aware of who they are and they uh, and where they are and remember what happened while under hypnosis, just like Morgan said. 
It just makes it easier for people to be suggestible. It doesn't change them as a person and force them into certain actions. Guys, what if I've been under hypnosis this whole time? I'm just kidding. That'd be <laughs> pretty <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The person just forgot to snap their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, this is my personality now. Hello. Is that why every time Scream and Shout comes on, you feel the need to get up and dance? Mm. You know, I, don't know the, I don't know the last time I've heard it. Honestly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when I snap my fingers. Good God. I, yeah. Um, okay, so in this Austin Powers video of the man <laughs> who is very, very skilled. Like, I watched him put someone in trance. It was awesome. Yeah. Um. He does kind of bring up like where do people store our memory or our experiences and that's in our unconscious in the form of memories. So like that's, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, And it also brings up that a lot can go into that memory, like taste, smell. It's not just, yeah, we're talking like very vivid memories. So like think back to the best memory you have or just a really good one. Okay. Like mine was at a dirt track with my parents eating hamburgers. Like mm. I can hear the cars. I can taste the cheap hamburger. I can smell the exhaust from the cars, which I love. And maybe that explains a lot about why I think some things are funny. <laughs> <laughs> so what are yours? Like, do you have more than just one? Probably. Yeah. My mind goes to like, a, like I can't, I don't think I could like, I'd have to like really think about like a good ass memory. Like mm-hmm. obviously like a bunch come to my head. Yeah. But like, when you say the dirt track race and it's like, oh man, the one time I went, that was really fun. And I had a lot of, and I had like so many beers and the hot dog was like, oh, so good. And mm-hmm. I, can, I like relate to like what you're saying. You can like put yourself back in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. And there's three types of memories that hypnotists like to work with. Mm-hmm. According to the YouTube video I watched with not Mr. Powers, that's what I'm calling him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called three types of hypnotic memories, hyperamnesia, revivication, and regression. Any guesses what the three types are? <laughs> It's what I just said. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so I, I was like, like, what? I was like, what you said, but I can't. Trick question. Yeah. Vivification. Okay. So hyperamnesia is recalling something very vividly. Um, so increased recall, but not really any effect. Like you're not going to feel anything. It would just be as clear if it just happened, but it doesn't really have like any emotional effect on you. Okay. okay. So it could be something like when you're a kid that was kind of traumatic at the time but now it's not mm-hmm. um just to share mine is um I went to a car dealership with my parents when I was a little kid and it was sunny out and I wanted to go home probably because it was hot and home is where the ice cream was <laughs> um so I ran up to my dad and I grab onto his leg and I'm whining and then I hear someone next to me say Sarah what are you doing turns out oh. I had grabbed onto the salesman's leg <gasps> oh no <laughs> oh. And I was highly embarrassed at the time, but now it doesn't really affect me. It's like, good luck. It's kid. more like funny yeah. memory now. Yeah. yeah. So that's the kind of, like, that's a hyperamnesia. Like, I literally remember doing this. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was blinded from the sun and my hunger for sweets. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is an example, like I said, because I can clearly recall it, but I don't have any emotions tied to it. And then because of that, someone with a hyperamnesia memory is not going to relive the moment, even if it is vivid. So a revivification. Thank you. Jeez. I practice this. (laughs) Revivification. Mm -hmm. You are actually reliving the moment, like being put back inside it, and you're going to have that experience all over again. Good or bad? Yep. Okay. Wow. So this is one like... um, 
if something embarrassing did happen and it's still embarrassing to you, that's what you're going to feel. Okay. So like it really that causes sense. that feeling. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I won't totally ask you guys understand. for those if you're, yep. <laughs> um, okay. So the regression, that's the woo, one we're talking about. In a regression, not only am I reliving it, I am physically there. Like I feel like a kid again, standing in the parking lot, having that mm. experience as if it was the very first time. This is why in the Betty and Barney Hill abduction case that Morgan covered last week, if you listen to the regression tapes, um, which they are out there, they are haunting. Did you guys hear them at all? No, I don't think I listened to them. No. <laughs> no. Okay, no, you're fine. Um, you hear Betty crying about the needle in her stomach. She is terrified. She's essentially reliving it and feeling everything. Like, she's like, oh, God, that hurts. Like, what are you doing? You're putting a needle in my navel. It's in my navel. Oh. Yeah, so, like, the pain is there. Everything is there. And there's also... Um, a Milton Erickson experiment that they talked about in this video where there are big bearded psychologists who have been hypnotized and they are back in memory when they're five years old And the Erickson, the guy who's running it looks at one of them and says, what's that on your upper lip? Cause the test subject has like a huge bushy mustache and he's supposed to be five years old in this memory. And he's like, hair, I have hair. And so Erickson's Whoa. like, where did you get this hair? And you can see this guy think about it, think about it. And then like, ah, um, I got it from earlier when I was older. Whoa. Like oh. you, it's like, he remembered he had it. And then he's like, but I'm still a child. So this makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Like trying to like sort things, like your brain. Yes. Like that survival mode again. Like I'm just sorting it out. It makes sense. It's yep. good. Damn. So this shows you how the same mental processing as where you were in this memory too. That's why regressions are so good and a little dangerous. Yeah. So we know a lot of memory gets sorted out or stored, excuse me, in the subconscious and is stored away. Mm-hmm. I got really creative and used the word stored a million times <laughs> um, for whatever reason. It's basically like all of our memories go into a flash drive and I hope those are still used. I'm not dating myself. Excuse me. Um, yeah. The cloud is where it's at. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yes. Uh, yes. You didn't but, say floppy disks, so we're good. <laughs> I used one of those in element or in middle school. I brought it to our IT guy, like our IT teacher. Yeah. Super attractive, by the way. He was also the track coach. And <laughs> where oh are you today? Yeah. Um, all the girls were like, I'm like, um, I brought him a floppy disk. He's like, never bring this to me again. He's like, I'll put it on here this time, but these are you use something better. Anyway, yes. So basically stories. Yes, your memory's going to flash drive. And then you can bury this flash drive in the corner of like your desk drawer. That's mm-hmm. what your subconscious is. So hypnosis is going to unbury them from the stacks and kind of bring it to your forefront. Um, so these hypnotic regressions are especially helpful in uncovering information that you have stuck deep, deep in the back of your subconscious. Okay. Um, and regression is the process. It's the process, but I think it's also like the memory that comes from it. Hold on. Cause it's both. Yeah, it's the type of memory and the process, from what I understand. Or the type of memory that the process creates. I'm a little fuzzy on... It could be one of three things, and I think it might be all three. Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will correct me. <laughs> um, um, the reason you would go to a hypnotist for this is because our mind wants to protect us. I made a lot of knowledge I did not need to make. Um... I'll do it anyway. So basically our brain is the board of directors of the company that has our body and bad publicity does not make for a successful company. So we just hide that info in the back. Okay. But we got to face those bad memories. Sometimes it doesn't mean they're awful. It could just be embarrassing or hard to face. 
And also not everyone needs to find these repressed memories if they're not causing you any harm. There is a good reason to put them in the back sometimes. But if regression is helpful, like in the Betty and Barney Hill case, go for it. And it wouldn't be the topic of the show if there wasn't a sinister side to it. Okay. Yeah, that's what I wrote. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. uh, Okay. So the sinister side of this. Ian Stevenson, MD, he did a lot of research into the subject of hypnotic regression. And he does kind of, he relates someone's actions and words during regression to someone who is dreaming, which is cool, but also dangerous because when you're dreaming, things might mean something else. Like you might see something that isn't actually what happened. I think we know that from your analysis that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. So while yes, you are put back in the memory, it's very real. You're suggestible and some things could be just a little bit different because our memories are flawed. So you may be putting things in there that didn't exactly happen. Yes. Which is also why things get really dangerous. It sounds like it's a very bad news when it comes to like testimonies and stuff. Oh, I'll do it one time, but. (laughs) Like in a courtroom or something? Eyewitness yeah. testimony is flawed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there if, are flaws in that white claw. If, <laughs> if, if, like, eyewitness testimony is cray cray and maybe like a little bit messed up, I can't imagine potentially getting a little bit of a false mm-hmm. memory while you're doing hypnosis. Yes, that's they, a little sticky. Well, they can also like because they're so suggestible. Um, the fear is that. If and when a hypnotist gives leading suggestions, it can change the patient's personality or memory itself. So this comes up actually in past lives regression. That's the personality part I'm talking about. So if the hypnotist were to ask something like, do you see any horse and buggies? The patient may work that into the memory and then frame their quote unquote past life or personality um, unconsciously based on movies, TVs, and books they've read. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it can be very dangerous. Okay. Just any kind of like regressive like hypnosis. It's very cool. I think people have great intentions, but it could check Google reviews before you go and get it done. <laughs> yes. Um have you guys heard of the McMartin preschool case? No, I don't think so. Okay, so they it kind of kicked off satanic panic in America. Oh. Um, they didn't do like any regression, but I'm just trying to kind of show you like false memories can be implanted on accident, like just with one simple question. So what happened was children um, in California, they're going to this preschool and a boy went home from school one day with a red um, anus. And upon questioning him, he gave answers that reflected sexual assault. So one employee was arrested at the preschool and then let go due to lack of evidence. But this prompted parents to start asking their kids about any abuse and the tale just gets like thicker and thicker. So Kids were saying there were animal mutilations and sacrifices. They went through portals and toilets. You name it. Whoa. Yes. So that's kind of how your brain works, though, like in a regression. Like you are, oh, yeah, that might have happened. Oh, oh, now I really see it. I'm there. It's so crazy hearing you say these things because it almost kind of reflects like interrogations when you're not going through regression. Like Mm -hmm. like there are good there are good cops there are bad cops just like there are good and bad people yeah. sorry if that's not how you agree but that's how i see it there are excellent cops who know what to say to make you confess mm-hmm. but there's also times where they they just question you so much where you're like okay fuck i did it like just yeah. get off my nuts like yeah well that's why they also like 
if you're on trial for murder, they're not going to put you on the stand. They should not because yeah. mm-hmm. lawyers are the same way. They can get yep. you to trip up, say the wrong yep. thing, and then you're like, oh, no. And then you're oh, like, wait, wait, no, I didn't mean it like that. Like, da, da, da. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I risk It's already, face. yep, too late. <laughs> <laughs> so just know you are very impressionable during a regression, which yeah. is why everyone is so nervous. That's what I'm trying to get at. I know yeah. I kind of went a weird way around it, but mm-hmm. it it's cool because you are in that memory. It feels like you're living it just like Betty and Barney Hill, but one suggestion or one symbol that you see that you kind of put there yourself but didn't necessarily have to be there mm-hmm. that kind of changed the whole course that's why I was saying last time like maybe grays don't actually look like that that's just a memory she had and that's what made sense to her in this place yes yeah yeah so it's all a weird little chest on the in our heads here <laughs> um yeah so the person leading it just has to be very careful not to implant any memories yeah even if they are an accident it's just the way our brains work so hypnosis is cool. If you're listening and have any kind of hypnosis, please write in to sinistersunrisepodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, be good to yourselves and your brains. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. So did that make any sense? I know I yeah. did some weird pauses, but. No, that was yeah, that good. Did. Like, yeah. Thank you. Like, And also, like, thanks for like calling out my story from last week. Like, okay, that's cool. It's a cool story. I looked into it yeah. a little bit after your. Yeah. Like, thank you for actually diving deep the, that it should have been. No, no. It just had to do with the regression part. There's a lot. I I do re- I do recall like reading how like uh, emotional Betty was going mm-hmm. through the process. Mm-hmm. So which shows that it was like very true to her. Like she was in it. And it's scary. Yeah. I don't know if I hope it's true or not true because that's terrifying. But anyway, that's yeah. all I had on hypnosis regression. So wow. thank you, ladies. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right, with that, wait a minute. Wait a minute, what? Oh, what? last week was episode 50. <laughs> it's like 51. Wait, wait yes. a minute. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that concludes episode 51. Yeah. Still happened. just as exciting, but whoops, my bad. <laughs> I, forgot our, I forgot our group episode even happened. <laughs> you did the aliens bite my brain. Ooh. Just kidding. I'm Let's just do dumb. some regression therapy. Okay, so the aliens came and... No, I'm just kidding. Um, but with that... That's it. Did you just hit yourself in the I face? I sure did. <laughs> I hit myself in the nose. <laughs> Guys, I saw your nose ring move just a little. <laughs> yep. <you. laughs> oh, man. Oh, listeners, go treat yourself today because that's what we're about to do. Yep. Yes. Don't hit yourself in the face. Enjoy your Friday, whatever day you're listening to this. And uh, if you have any suggestions, like Sarah said, mm-hmm. send it to sinistersunrisepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can correct us. You can give topic ideas. Mm-hmm. You can share your personal stories. Anything weird, we want to know about it. Um, follow us on Instagram, Sinister Sunrise Podcast, Facebook, same name, and uh, our new and awesome TikTok. Our video that just came out is popping, so go check <laughs> it out. Um, sinister underscore sunrise, sunrise underscore podcast. We'll get it down eventually. Yes. <laughs> I think we can change our name, actually. Oh. You can change it, like, twice a month. So if anyone has an easier way to do that, let me know. But that's, nah. Nah. It's underscores It's for just me. underscores <laughs> instead of spaces, as Sarah says. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have a clever way to put this in, but don't forget about Zero Sweat. Um, oh. If you head to zerosweat.com and type in code SINISTER at checkout, you get 20% off of a $15 purchase or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like and rate us and leave us a review yes. on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. um, or on our Facebook and or both. Yeah. Write them up. We love to see it. 
as Aaron said, could get a shout out on the pod. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with that, I have one more thing actually. Oh, so now we do have listeners that do not know us, which is cool. I feel like a famous person. Um, (laughs) please keep listening. Remember we are real people. Um, and this is like not our professional job. So if you do have a correction, maybe like say something nice and then correct us because be kind. We're trying. Yeah. We, anything we have said or done is never like out of malice or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So like I already got a correction about, uh, one story about the goat, the haunted roads from Mm -hmm. my listener, Joey. I very much appreciated it. So keep it up all day. Yeah. Also it makes you like, even if it's not major, like gives us a little bit something to talk about. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome guys. Well, thank you. And uh, see you later. Bye.